0: Panther Nation, the C3 podcast brought to you
1: by CarolinaCatChronicle.com.
2: I had fun, man, just out, you know, you guys joking, you know, we working at the same time, you know, putting the work in as a team. Like I said, I'm just glad to be with the guys, you know. My favorite night of the week is we go out there and we're playing the win. We're not out here just to just show up. We're out here to win it. I don't
0: want guys to want me because, really, who does this? Nobody wants to Everybody wants to
2: play. I want players to hate play. the Bro, This embodies everything that we are as a team, as an organization. You know, our model will keep coming, And that's what we do, you know what I'm saying?
1: What's the deal, Panther fans? We're back. Less than 24 hours removed from the Panthers' sixth consecutive loss. Eighth on the season. We fall to the New Orleans Saints 12 to 9 in a game where the defense scored like 33% of the points for the Panthers. We're going to be talking about that and a lot more tonight on tonight's show is not better and actually much worse. You can join us. This is episode 18.46. You can join us on YouTube in the chat room. Call into the cat calls line at 252 228 Fifty ninety eight, and uh, if you want to get really interactive in the podcast, check the show notes. There's a shindig app. Can you dig it? Come and join the podcast with us. We'll be featuring your calls later on. I'm here with Cody Lashney. Cody, a few hours removed from the game. How are you feeling today?
3: I'm feeling okay, Tony. You know, I mean, at this point in the season, you kind of just have to reconcile what the season is. Um, it's it a bad season after losing six in a row. You're kind of at that weird point where you're hoping for a better draft pick now than, you know, winning the final two for moral points. So, yeah, man, it is what it is. I tell you what, it'll never change. We're going to be here every Tuesday night at 9 to talk about everything in Panthers football. I'm ready to do it, man. Cam Newton's
1: shoulder is the most important storyline at this point, Cody. There's some real concern in my mind uh, about where Newton is In his recovery, almost two years removed from having his rotator cuff surgically repaired. And as the Panthers continue to lose, Ron Rivera keeps having to face the media. And it looks more and more like each time he does that, he may be facing the music. Has Has his message gotten stale? Or was the defensive resurgence on Monday night football enough to show Rivera may be a little shook? but is ultimately keeping it together. Those are things we're going to kind of start off talking about tonight. Cody, I've got a poll on the Facebook uh, stream right now because they allow you to do that. And is, are you concerned about Cam's long-term shoulder health? That's my question to you to start this show. Two years removed, and Cam Newton is um, struggling with strength, soreness, range of motion, and it's starting to show into frustration.
3: I mean, yeah, I don't know how, how you wouldn't be concerned at this point. Um, I, in, in my mind, I feel somewhere along the way he re-injured that shoulder. I don't think that it's, you know, the same injury uh, from last year because in the playoffs, right, he might have re-injured that specific injury, But, you know, when we were in the playoffs, in the Superdome last year, Cam was throwing dimes all over the field. And that was even shorter removed, you know, than we are now uh, from the initial surgery that Cam Newton had. So um, I honestly feel uh, the culprit might have been that Pittsburgh game where TJ Watt just let Cam have it right in the shoulder um, it honestly could have been any number of moments throughout the course of the season right now. But when it's your franchise quarterback and it's his throwing shoulder no less, yeah, you have to be worried that, you know, uh this could potentially affect his ability to move the ball down the field. And as an offense, if you're if your starting quarterback can't push the football, it, it limits what you do on offense and the, the defense is able to plan around that. So at this point in time, yeah, it's it's definitely worrisome.
1: This starting to wear on Cam Newton. Cody, go ahead and cue up Cam Newton clip number one from his press conference. I was watching the press conference after our um, show last night, after the live post-game show, where we're talking about these good things, right where they're talking about them. And uh, This was one of the saddest, most unsettling moments for me as a Cam Newton fan, is to see him mentally – Hurt. I think the pain is mental at this point. Let's go ahead and cue up Cam Newton uh, after the game last night.
2: You know, how How ready are are
4: you, Cam? How ready are you for for you for that not to be your regimen anymore? For for you to get your shoulder right and you can
2: practice and you can. I mean, I wish I could tell you, uh, I think the frustration comes when you do any and everything to, to, to make sure your body's at peak performance. I mean, from cardio, treatment, practice, film, cardio, treatment, practice, film, it's been repetition, um, and I, I think it's disheartening for me, you know, just because so much invested time that you put in. And, you know, I don't, you don't know, want to, you know, play the "role as me" game, but you know, we just gotta be better. I gotta be better. I gotta be better. I gotta be better. And that's that's what that's what's so frustrating when you want it so bad and you push, you, you you, you put so much on your plate, and you know it doesn't come down to you, but at the end of the day, you just gotta uphold up your end of the bargain. And when, when certain things don't happen, you know, that's when frustration comes and. That's why I'm frustrated. You know, it's not necessarily about practice, which it is to a degree. But when you've been doing something, you know, over certain times, you kind of get in a regimen of of, of 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 when you're supposed to do certain things. Um, obviously, my arm hasn't allowed me to do a lot of practice. Um, been on a pitch count for for a long time. But at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is. But you know, that's not that's not that's not. You no know, scapegoat. That's not a, you know something that I want to you know people to bail me out on. It's just something that you know is is reality.
1: It is a reality, and he has been on a pitch count. What Ron Rivera has called the new normal now for over a year, but it seems to be progressively getting worse at this point. To where it's now turned in from from discomfort to having a real effect on his ability uh, to put to get velocity on the ball and in a way that isn't um, upsetting even more to his shoulder injury
3: yeah and you know it's it's even more frustrating now um, Ron Rivera held a press conference today where he basically came out and said that he believes that going uh, into this game against Atlanta that Cam Newton gives us the best chance to win the football game and um, you know We've been okay. We've been calling for Ron Rivera's head for a long time now. But one of the things, and you can, you know, account for this. And I've always said this is that I don't dislike Ron Rivera. I think that he's done good things for the team and as a head coach, um, he's done good things here in Charlotte. But man, uh, this is a tough one. If if he's going to absolutely insist on playing Cam Newton in this condition for a pointless football game. Uh, that basically has no meaning and you're going to continue to put Cam Newton out there and put him in harm's way. I mean, we're some of Cam Newton's biggest fans, and the fact that we don't want him out there is a testament to how injured he is. I mean, Cam Newton had a moment of honesty last night with the media and with the fans about the nature of the injury that he's been going through and what he's been doing to try and remedy that. And, man, listen, you see the heartbreak. I mean, that man wants to win for this football team, for the fans. I mean, he wants to give his all. But the fact that he's not able to do that and he's playing hurt and Ron Rivera just seems to not care, it kind of makes you think, does Ron Rivera even care about Cam Newton, the person, and does he just worry about his job at this point?
1: Holy cow, we just had a takeover. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Yeah, is the, the, it is unsettling. Cody, let's go ahead and cue up Cam Newton again at the podium, talking more about how difficult this has been for him.
3: Sir? How is it that you get off of that pitch count? I don't know. Um, you walk in here place a so
4: week. You know we're, we're going to ask you questions about your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Right now, you just said it's all right, but you've also admitted before that it's not all right. Can you help us explain what it feels like after a game?
2: Uh, I mean, for people who labor, rotator cuff, um, just show just shoulder soreness, and, and you know, as far as you know, I wish I could say what the injury is because I really don't know what it is either you know it doesn't matter how much you push no matter how much you you know like I say ice you know anti-inflammatories you take I mean I've been trust me I did it acupuncture massages it's just not it's not been a time that I haven't you know a night went by without me getting some type of work done on my arm and you know um you just don't have the strength, you know, from the range of motion. You work on the range of motion and then come game time, you know, you n- you never know how the game can, you know, kind of play out. You know, of course you will try to stay under 25 to 30 throws, but if it surpassed that or if you get hit on it or you, you're, you're, you have to run or you get tackled and you fall on your shot. certain things, you know, happen, you know, that's the game of football. But, you know, as far as stiffness, um, you know, just – Muscle tension, you know, it's a lot, a lot going on. But at the end of the day, it's not something that hasn't got worse over the weeks or hasn't got better over the weeks. It's just been the same, and it's just been that. Yeah, but is
3: the, mm-hmm. is the pain affecting how you throw the ball? I wouldn't
2: say so. Um, you no, know, it's, it's – it's, 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 I think the thing that – you know, when you talk to the different people who can help you with it, you know, it's, it's not no magical surgery or whatever. It's just it's just time. It's time. I've been hearing that since the injury happened. But when you look around the league and you, you know, you see guys doing certain things and you know you're well capable of doing those things and, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you know, I, I feel as if, this team has everything that it needs to, to, to take, to go to the next level, um, you know, even with me in, in the position that I am in, you know, it still didn't come down to my arm tonight, you know, it still comes down to execution. You know, like I said, you can't praise the defense enough. Uh, those guys battled, gave us opportunities, gave us opportunities and gave us more opportunities. You know, it's just on us to sustain drives and, and, and um, you know, take the tension and the pressure off those.
1: Yeah. At- I thought this was a little bizarre turn there when he said that this isn't on my arm. This is about, uh, execution when clearly Cam had uh, was having difficulty executing because of his arm. And if you watch that press conference, Cody, he does not take it easy on Devin Funches. They said, uh, they asked him about, did he leave the ball short? He said, I just tried to give a guy a a chance to make a play. He didn't say that. He said, well, it could have kind of been. He did not back off from it. So, you know, you're hearing Cam Newton. I feel like that is frustration that is bubbling and seeping through at this point. You heard that it's difficult for him. He's doing all of this long rehab process, and he's not seeing the gains that he had hoped to have seen, and – You heard him say that it's not getting worse. Uh, It's not getting better. It's not getting worse. It's staying the same. But I argue that it is getting worse. We can see that it's getting worse uh, throughout the season through fatigue, the fact that he's worried about cresting 30 passes in a game. And what's really getting worse for us is that if Cam Newton continues to play and – And this does continue to be – and this turns into a long-term problem, Cody. Things could get much worse for Carolina.
3: Yeah, and to be honest, if I'm being 100% fair, uh, Cam Newton's kind of all over the place in this interview. Um, I feel that he's torn between a place of not wanting to put all the blame on his shoulder as an excuse of saying, oh, well, we didn't win because of my shoulder. Um, but at the same time, trying to be honest and, and tell people that, I mean, he's not feeling well in, in his throwing arm and shoulder. And, and I mean, we're talking about a quarterback that had one of the most beautiful deep ball passes in the NFL. And last night, he had one pass that went over 15 yards. I mean, there's a clear problem in, in Cam Newton and his health and his ability to play his best football, and I feel the frustration of the man. I mean, he knows what he's been capable of doing in the past, and the fact that he just can't do it now, man. I, I honestly, I cannot even imagine what he must feel like. Um, yeah. To like I said, he's a little bit all over the place, but you're right. Uh, the the shoulder has gotten progressively worse um, as we've moved to the NFL season. And I mean, I can't imagine it'll be better by this Sunday or next Sunday. And that's why in my mind and in the mind of a lot of Panther fans, um, it's the right thing to do, not only for the man himself, but for the future of the Carolina Panthers organization to sit Cam Newton and, and do what's right by him and the team.
1: I agree that it is a long – like this is now we're worried about the long-term health of the, the organization. And the, the moment that you have a quarterback you know has the chops to get you to the promised land, you have to – I mean, a lot of things have to go right in that process. You have to put together a team that can complement him. You have to uh, kind of catch lightning in a bottle. You have to win those close games – and that generally doesn't happen unless you have a rock at quarterback, and this yeah. unknown, the unknown of not having Cam Newton in the future is so unsettling that that this becomes problematic. And and I think we'll, we'll turn to what Lee Trotter saying in the chat room. He said, "Sit Cam and let and let him rest and get ready for next season. But if Rivera plays him on Sunday, he should be fired." on the spot so let's go now to turn to the conversation of how ron rivera is handling this and cam newton's injury and let's cue up a clip number three from cam newton when he was asked if he was if he would how he re, would react to being set to your point
4: it, it is a time thing oh my bad
1: Here we go, Cam Newton on whether he should be sat.
2: Cam, to your point, that it is a time thing. Would you consider sitting? Would you consider not playing? That's that's not on me. You know, to be honest with you, uh, my job is to do the things that I can control, and you know, for me at this particular point in time, I, I don't have an answer for you. Um, you know, I know, you know, just to make it public that I, I've I've tried and done everything. You know, and, and I think the frustration, like I said before, comes when no matter what you do, you can rub magic dust on it. You can, you know, go to this person, go to that person, you know, have the, you know, placebo things done where you think certain things are, are what they are, then you just come out and, you know, it's still the same. Like I said, over the past couple of weeks, nothing has really pretty much changed. It's, it's been the same way, so... Um, I came to you and said, we want to sit you the last two weeks. Your response. I guess we have to have, have that conversation if we had that conversation. I'm not looking forward to that conversation.
1: So to me, look, Cam Newton is clearly, like you said, straddling the line, Cody, between wanting to admit that he's injured and wanting to show that he is willing to lay it all on the line for a team do you? Th- I felt like that. That was reserved enough of a response. Like I would be saddened that that happened, but I know it could be a reality moment. I thought there was a glimpse right there that even Cam knows that potentially is the best thing. So, do you believe Ron Rivera will sit Cam Newton this week against the Falcons? Short week too, by the way.
3: I don't think he will. I honestly don't think that he will. Um, uh, I mean, his, his words say as much. I have no reason to not believe Ron Rivera. Um, if I mean, he said so today. If his arm um, got to the point where, you know, it, it, he's just not being able – which, I mean, let's face it, he is at that point. I mean, he's not practicing. And this is what baffles me. I don't understand – You know, how you say that Cam Newton gives you your best chance to win the football game. I mean, if that's true, you have absolutely no faith in Taylor Heineken as your backup quarterback. Which, of course, you want Cam Newton over Taylor. But you have to be able to know that the next man up is capable of going in there at any moment. And if if we don't know that Taylor is the guy to be able to do that, then when are we going to know? And if Cam Newton isn't practicing and getting in the same rhythm as DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and Ian Thomas and all of our exterior players, then w- what does it matter? And more importantly, the Atlanta Falcons' defense—they can game plan us to a T because they know they don't have to go deep because we don't. Cam Newton's not going to be able to throw the ball that far, so it makes their job even, even easier if you have Cam Newton on the field. And yet with all of that said, I have no doubt in my mind that unless David Tepper comes through and makes the decision that Cam Newton is going to play because Ron Rivera will trot him out there. And it's sad Do at this think, point.
1: you really believe that Ron Rivera is so out of touch in understanding about what this season has become at this point, And also Cam's health. In attachment to his long term future, that he would be so short sighted as that,
3: I do. I honestly do, and I, I I think that if if Ron Rivera had had it even in his mind that he would sit him, that he would have said during the press conference today, or uh, or have alluded to at some point, saying we'll check on Cam Newton's health, um, you know, during the course of uh, of this practice. Week. But he didn't say that. He basically just said Cam Newton gives us the best chance to win the football game. So as of right now, yeah. Um, So maybe I'm alone in in that opinion. But I I 100% think Ron Rivera is that out of touch with uh, where this football team is right now.
1: Lee Trotter says, Herney could go over Rivera's head in IR cam. That would be interesting right there if you just put him on IR without telling anybody. Josh Wicker on Facebook says, I'm just saying that hit from Watt was targeting. The hit has played through in my head, and I asked where where was any recognition of that being a lead with the helmet shot. And then Matt Teachy on Facebook throwing shade on Cam Newton saying, I'm not as convinced as everyone else. It's not all shoulder. When he was playing well, still made bad decisions, held the ball too long, and mechanics horrible. Always seemed to choke when we needed him to step up. His athleticism covered up a lot, but he is who he was. Would love to see him well again. You know, the the, uh, the unfortunate part of that comment is that you really can't say <laughs> well, we know Cody's not gonna buy it, but he did have opportunities to win some games this year. um and he was unable to do that when he was given we've we've lost probably six games by a score or less and had the ball probably in five of those games um, with late in the game with an opportunity to win. and Cam Newton has made mistakes at times uh, and and he's even gotten us in a place where you know you put it on Graham Gano. Now, at the same time, I do think this is that I believe that Josh Wicker and we're all we're seeing this. We saw articles start to pop up on this is that that's the moment where the season looked unmanageable for Cam Newton with the pain. Before that, they had been probably limiting his reps in practice somewhat. But you saw him practicing on Wednesdays and things like that. And it was after that that Steelers game, that the season went progressively downhill for Cam Newton.
3: I mean, uh, and the fact that we have seen earlier in this season Cam Newton making plays on the road in Philadelphia and, and making plays against Baltimore, I mean, we have seen a better Cam Newton this season. And then it's so coincidental that after Pittsburgh, you know, he gets hit and all of a sudden you have fans come out of the woodwork oh, well, Cam's not really clutch, and he can't do this. And it's like, why don't you care that the man is injured? I mean, don't act like it doesn't matter. And then also another thing that drives me insane is people think that Cam Newton just wants to hold on to the ball because he wants wants to extend the time period in which he might get destroyed by a defensive end. I mean, if Cam sees something open, he's going to throw the football. And we have a younger wide receiver right now, and, and, and Devin Funches. And we've had numerous conversations about Devin Funches. So, um, yeah, I just I, I, I don't buy that. I think that we're an infinitely better team with Cam Newton under center than we would be otherwise. And if, if he's not healthy, though, it all matters for nothing. And that's as far as it goes.
1: Yeah, I don't. I I I thought that we saw an improvement in Cam Newton's uh, mechanics earlier in the season. I thought we saw an improvement with his decision making. Is that early on in the season, Cam was like ten? Remember, he's starting off games like ten for thirteen with two touchdowns. Uh, he was at one point through thirteen completions in a row, and then people are going to say that it was all underneath stuff, all underneath things, but. He was making good decisions. He was putting the ball on the money early in the season. We did see that Pittsburgh game begin a tailspin. We thought that we were going to pull out of the nosedive, but it continued on Mm. Detroit, slid on through Seattle, and uh, just really wrapped up and crashed in Tampa. And then last night, I think you just saw the wreckage burning uh, on the grounds of what was a 6-2 and season that could potentially end six and ten, the first team in NFL history to do that you're listening to the c three Panthers podcast. follow us on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. go ahead and smash that thumbs up button in YouTube and share the show. We appreciate all y'all that are here with us this week right after the post game. We're gonna get through this and um so I guess here is. Cody, last question before we get into the cat calls. And that is, would, would winning against the Falcons be a loss in the scheme of things?
3: In my mind at this point, unfortunately, you have to say yes. I mean, I was looking at it earlier. Uh, there's the potential if a few things go our way. Um, if we lose out and a few other teams win that we could even have the fifth pick in the draft uh, i mean we would need a few things to happen and a few bad teams to look good all of a sudden but um and then on top of it and i think you mentioned it before the show is that the the falcons they would have a a lower or a, a higher rather pick than we do in that draft so that means it's a you know there might be a, a defensive player or an offensive tackle that falls down and then they swoop them out from under us. Um, I mean, ultimately I'm not too worried about that. I think no matter what number you pick in the draft, you can find some quality talent that's going to be able to come onto your team and really improve who you are pretty much instantly. If you do the due diligence and scouting the players. Um, but at, at this point, I mean, now it feels hundred percent like 2016, I mean, it really feels that way. Where uh, I, I remember that last game in 2016 against Tampa, and I was like, I didn't want to win. I wanted the better draft pick. And by the way, that pick turned into Christian McCaffrey. So, um, at, yeah, at this point, uh, I, I'm never going to cheer against my Carolina Panthers. But uh, winning at this point, when we have no chance of being in the playoffs... I don't care if ESPN says 1%. It's a negative 5,000% that the Panthers make the playoffs at this point in time. Um, I want a, a high-quality draft pick for us to work with.
1: You know, you're talking about, I thought, I saw somebody said we projected maybe to be eighth, right, where we're at, like you're saying, in 2016, where you get a Christian McCaffrey-level player. You know, a top-10 player really could help the Panthers and, and then there's the opportunity too is that there are teams that could be moving and shaking and to move back and maybe get two players in the first round would be a, a big deal because the Panthers need guys that are are gonna be hits. And we've we've had too many draft busts in, in the last five or six years where we need yeah. a draft like we had last year. Really the last two uh, yeah, last year I would say, or the last two years. The last two years seemingly have been, um, you know, like these guys are going to stick and and be and be players. But you know, just last year people were questioning if if Curtis Samuel was going to be a contributor because of all the injuries that he had been facing. So we're going to have a lot of turnover. It's going to be an interesting question. And and look, is that if we lose to the Falcons, that puts us at six and nine, and them at six and nine, and they would have all the tiebreakers clearly, and so we would. I would soon get a better draft pick in that case. So, uh, you know, is this is I tell you one thing is I don't want that win coming at the expense of Cam Newton and more injury. And you have brought this up a lot, Cody, Tampa Bay, the Kelvin Benjamin play. Yeah. Where Cam Newton chases that guy down, playing for nothing at that point. And uh, and then it turns into a big deal.
3: Yeah, and you know, know, um, I I tell you one thing, uh, no matter who's in the Super Bowl, if the Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, I'm pulling against them. Uh, It it is a nightmare scenario in my mind, seeing Kelvin Benjamin wearing a Super Bowl ring before Cam Newton and Greg Olson and Ryan Khalil and Thomas Davis and Luke Kickley. I mean, come on. And like I said, I mean, I try not to live in the past, but... Uh, If it wasn't for Kelvin Benjamin uh, choosing to not chase down that interception and then Cam Newton having to chase down that interception all the way against the San Diego Chargers, that's when he hurt his shoulder. And and then Cam uh, Newton tried to stick up for his man, throw the ball his way, then for Kelvin Benjamin to just trash him. Yeah, call me petty, say I hold a grudge. uh, I will never be a fan of Kelvin Benjamin.
1: And we need to make sure that they lose because I believe any person who has been on a 53-man roster, whether they're active or not in the Super Bowl, gets a Super Bowl ring. So even if he was cut next week, he, I believe, is still eligible as part of a Super Bowl team. So we're going to need like the Chargers to win. That's what we're going to need. The Chargers to win. Or I heard someone say this, is that would it be... Uh, would if the Saints won, would Drew Brees finally retire? <laughs> uh, uh,
3: I don't, I don't know, man. I don't think so. Uh, I, I think they finally, they finally put the pieces around him. They have a good team in New Orleans. I mean, there's no, there's no point in denying that. Uh, that's a good football team. They've added good defensive players. Sheldon Rankins is a good player now. Um, I, I don't know unless he just felt. As if he had fallen off a bridge, uh, you know. In terms of his talent level, no, nah, I think we'll probably have Drew for maybe a maybe another another year or two, but they are going to have to look at filling that position at some point in time.
1: Also, I cannot ever hope that they win a Super Bowl. Imagine how intolerable those fans would be if they had two rings on their fingers that we had that they get to flash around. On Twitter, and Facebook, and every time we run into somebody. And they've been whining today, uh, Saints fans. I want to tell them, shut the hell up. Y'all are got like basically the number one, your number one team in the whole league right now. So shut up with your crying and get off my timeline. All Absolutely. right, let's
3: jump in. And, and, and can I just make one, one point real quick? You know, Booger McFarlane and and, and Winton, you know, they took every opportunity to trash Cam Newton. Can Cam Newton lead a drive downfield? Well, how about this? And you, you said it last night. Drew Brees, on that two-point conversion, just threw the ball to no one. I mean, on a yeah. and a pair, Into a crowd. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is your MVP of the NFL? Come on. The Panthers' defense didn't let him look like an MVP last night. That's for damn sure.
1: Alright, let's jump into the cat calls. You can be a part of the C3 Panthers podcast. The number is 252-228-5098. So,
5: what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty s sh- you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel?
3: Uh, very uncomfortable.
5: So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel?
3: It feels a two good like and a three
0: and a four and a who's that cat in the back corner with his face in his toe? Who's that kid that can use one?
6: I think this
7: year and this upcoming year's draft, we need to focus on primarily getting a good wide receiver and then play Second, third round, try to go after offensive linemen. Also, just need to focus on sitting in for the rest of the year and honestly trying to get a good draft picker. Hey C three, hey uh, Panther Nation. It's Nova Black. It's uh, Nova Black early Tuesday morning, and I just wanted to share my call from the game last night. I play all hopes are gone. You know it's a disappointing loss, six in a row. You know at home to the Saints. You know the defense played. Lights out, best game of the season. Uh, but the offense was absolutely impotent. Yeah. And ain't had no fire, no gas at home. I like um, that word, impotent. Obviously, Cam ain't playing up to his potential. He, he's obviously hurting. Um, but even though it ain't no playoff hopes or whatever, uh, I think. I think our guys will get better and be better against the Falcons next week. Um, but at least mm-hmm. we got some bright sides, our young guys, you know, getting the experience because this is as close to a playoff game as they're going to get. Uh, so I guess we got something bright to look forward to uh, next season with the young talent that we have. and uh, And at least we ain't picking in the bottom of the draft no more. So that's a good good thing, I guess, trying to be optimistic. Anyway, uh, everybody keep pounding, and I hope we can uh, get to the back end of the season and uh, get better enough to at least beat the Falcons and maybe get a win in the Superdome, which I doubt, but hopefully we can, and that'll give our young guys something to look forward to as far as confidence coming in the next season. Anyway, guys, thank you for the podcast.
1: All right. First two calls are really turning the page on to next season, Cody. Looking ahead to the draft is and I guess that's what happens when playoffs are no longer in the the potential um when playoffs are no longer there, what else is there to look towards, right?
3: Yeah. Um there there really isn't uh, a lot to look forward to other than the draft, which we've already kind of mentioned. Um, Joe, Joe real I'm coming in hot, by the way. What's going on, Joe?
6: I'm not too hot, but on
3: fire. Oh, I'm fire. All right. Fire. Yeah, fire. Um, so, yeah, Joe, go ahead. go ahead and take that. What are your thoughts on, um, you know, with nothing really to play for, um, you know, what, what do you think the mindset of this Panther football team should be going forward? Should we try and squeak out some wins and get some more victories, or are we looking toward the draft already?
6: I think at this point, uh, these last two games would be a very good opportunity to evaluate some depth. And I'm not saying yeah. take all the starters out, but I am saying a good chance to see some significant actual playing time for some of your backups. And then you can be a little bit better prepared to go into the draft knowing where your strengths and your weaknesses are. At this point, I think that's more important than winning these last two games. And I think as many people have said, I've been listening, as many people have stated Sitting cam is the first thing we should do. And like forward. today. 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 So, yes, today. What's the point? Well yeah, or yesterday yeah, really. yeah. We should have started yesterday, but today and that way um the backup can get all the reps with the ones this week. And they're good. You get a good chance to see how he's going to do when taking live bullets.
1: I think that's an excellent point, Joey, is to not look at it as not, play, nothing to play for. But now these games are, what these games are, are a, a different opportunity. Now they're an evaluative evaluation tool. Uh, in, instead of this being, you know, something that like you're gonna send these guys out there, you're gonna ask them to put guys that are proven. Look, look, KK Short was a monster last night. You know, he he was questionable going into that game. So maybe it's time to say, all right, let's put Vernon Butler in there and go all day and see if you're worth even being on the roster in the future. So these types yeah. of things, I think that's a good point. And then you're not looking at it as there's nothing to play for. I think the sad part for me guys is is that what we're doing is is we're not surging on the back end catching a little momentum and confidence that could be parlayed into next season. Right now this has just been such a uh you know the descent uh, into oblivion is that is that it's really just been particularly demoralizing. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Let's keep pounding through with these cat calls.
8: Hi, guys. Rich here, calling you from the UK. Um, Well, last time I phoned in, it was all about coaching, and it seems like that might have been true. Anyway, let's forget about that. I think we've all discussed Ron quite a lot. Um, Let's just take a look at the draft. I heard people talking about trading up and trading down. Um, I don't think, as unpalatable as it could be, that we should win again. Um, We're in a really good position on six wins to get a very high draft, somewhere between 12, probably around 12. Um, I'd personally be in favour of putting that back. I reckon that the Raiders would be interested in moving up because they've blown their two trades that got them first-rounders and they're dropping back into the 20s. Boy, really. I think if you offer Gruden a, a 12 and their second round um, to move up and we took, say, the 22nd, if we were then picking at 22, 34, and our second rounder somewhere around a high forties and invested a lot of linemen, We'd be uh, would be doing really well. I've had a look at a lot of mock drafts, and there's I know it's um, I think it's Cody's man Christian Wilkinson's going at around 40. There's an awful lot of defensive talent going in this draft, and I think three yeah you could get three linemen in the top 50 would be a, a certain great way to go about it. Looking at bits of the game last night, there's no interior pressure coming on Drew Brees whenever he's making the big throws. Um, KK's grading well according to PFF, but I'm Don't know about Poe. I love Kyle. Love, obviously he's about 40 as well now. Um, There's big holes. We should really, with uh, doing badly and trading back, we should really consider that it's uh, it's PFS. I I keep mentioning them, and I know Cody doesn't particularly like them. But um, (laughs) trading back is really, really useful. Um, Picking up extra draft picks. You know, dropping your second and moving back and picking up two seconds. I mean, bear in mind Taylor Moten went. We picked him up at 60 odd. Ian Thomas went at the start yeah. of the fourth. I don't think we need to look at skill position. I think between McCaffrey, Moore, Samuel and Ian Thomas were really well set. Um, Cam needs to sit. It's obviously his shoulder was a problem. Even if it's unidentified, he's up there with Markel Faults for funny shoulders at the moment. Um, anyway, guys, uh, keep pounding. And, uh, here's to better luck next season. Keep pounding.
1: All right. Thank you. That's Rich from uh, Rich Kingston from the UK. Really, he's been coming strong late, uh, lately. He's been, he sent me this great tweet talking about if you go back and look at teams who have won uh, in the past that, that win one score games and then look at our team and we lost, like it's the difference is that we could be, <laughs> yeah. you know, you those plays right there, all of a sudden you're great in the category of great teams. But he's right is look, is that at this point, we're starting to see is that there are a lot of holes on this team there's going to be a lot of turnover going forward aging out on guys on the defensive line i mean Addison Peppers they're also i mean you're might you're going to get another year out of Addison Peppers this has got to be his last year and it should be um you need a lot of offensive linemen too a center uh, a left tackle and and probably another guard and you're and I do think that piling up some high draft picks and sacrificing maybe some of the later ones to do that and getting a couple of guys like Will Hernandez, who was picked at 34 by the Giants this past year, and and really bulk up that line in a quickness. Do you remember guys when Dallas was struggling for so long? And then when Jerry Jones was just like ruining everything, and then finally his son just said, we're drafting all offensive linemen for like the next yeah. five years.
4: Yeah,
0: by the we way, just that's, what
4: do I'm, that.
3: yeah, that's what I'm pounding the, the table to do. And, you know, and, but listen, it's not a bad idea to trade back, but honestly, it depends on what position you're in in the draft. So, for example, you know, if you're sitting there, let's just say you're six or seven, and Jonah Williams, left tackle from Alabama, just so happens to fall in your lap i mean are you still looking to trade back at that point i mean i understand that you know it you know when you have so many different needs on a football team and so many free agents coming up that you want to accrue a bunch of young guys and i'm not opposed to the idea but every once in a while a player just falls in your lap that just fits what you need so bad you know and um depending on where we're drafting and it's very foreseeable that we could be in a scenario like that so it's all situational um it just depends on um you know what position we're in who falls to us uh and also as a drafter as a general manager um you know and you know we talked with dan hartman about what all the different things a general manager has to do one of the most important things i feel is being able to evaluate talent And you should be able to pick up talented football players in all rounds of the draft. But um, as of this moment, I I would love some top-tier offensive line picks.
1: Yeah, and I think some things that I'd like to see maybe is for us to get aggressive in in courting those guys. If we do move back like Rich is talking about, I think the cost comes higher than just – I mean, if you're – to go from the mid to 22 (laughs) – to to right around top 10 that's going to cost a lot i'd like to see us then take maybe get like a fourth round pick as well or something like that and then start coupling those picks those later round picks where you're trying to hit these long shots and just move up and get like two guards and a defensive tackle and an off and, and a left tackle and just load up a little bit but It's going. One of the things that you're going to have to do is you're going to have to be very targeted in how you're approaching this through a combination of free agency and the NFL draft because there are a lot of difficult positions to fill. These are not easy positions to transition to in the NFL. Defensive end is one of the slowest positions for guys to grow into. Left tackle, these guys get murdered their rookie season. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to really play this carefully in the end to make it happen. All right, the number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. You're listening to the C three Panthers podcast.
4: Uh, what's up, C three? It's Jeremy Plantier, Newport, NC. Sorry to get to join in on last <laughs> night's to Be up early and travel to Raleigh this morning, and uh, of course, I had usual Miller a little Miller Lite. <laughs> sit through that game which is a pretty good game but yeah. looking at next year i wanted to get you guys thoughts on it. i was thinking next year was going to be a good year and then you guys kind of shot a hole in that listening to you <laughs> realize we got a lot of people leaving but with all those people leaving is that going to open up a good deal of cap space and hopefully with our new yes. GM, multi-billionaires looking to throw money in the facilities. I can only imagine he's going to upgrade the training and the nutrition program. Uh, great city to live in. Maybe we can get some decent main players to sign with us and try to go get that championship. Uh, so I'll get your thoughts on that, or do you think we're going to be stuck trying to rebuild through the draft for a couple of years? All right, guys, love the show. Keep going.
1: Cody, you take that.
3: No, I don't think it'll be a, a couple of years of a rebuild. Um, I still think that we do have good players on the team. Um, it's just, listen, man, and I've, I feel like a broken record sometimes, but one good draft can change the entire outlook of a football team. I mean, uh, you know, I bring up the Saints, but the Cowboys have done it. The Jacksonville Jaguars have, have done it uh, with a few good drafts. Um, it, it all just depends on bringing in talent. But one of the things that we haven't talked about, which we're going to be talking about even sooner, is free agency. And we talk about defensive linemen. Um, you know, how much money is whatever general manager we're working with? You know, how how much money are they going to be willing to throw in the Demarcus Lawrence pot if Dallas decides to not resign him? Um, what about Trey Flowers? in uh, New England with the Patriots. I mean, uh, Ezekiel Ansa, uh with Detroit. Uh, th- there's a few different defensive ends that will be available that I, I feel uh, would, and they fit what we do. They're those um, hand-in-the-dirt 4-3 defensive ends, and they would fit well on the team. But right now, um, what we decide to do in free agency is a wild card with a brand-new owner, and we don't know if Marty Herney is going to be the GM through that process. So there's a lot of unknowns right now, but to answer that question, no, I don't think we'll be um, in rebuild hell for two or three years. One good free agency, one good draft, and we're ready to roll.
1: Joey, you know what the hard part about that is, is really executing it and pulling it off. You know, it seems like free agency is a necessary evil to go after some of these guys in their prime years and pay them the big bucks. But I feel like almost every time a guy gets paid, there's something bad happens like the next week. I believe Andrew Norwell's on IR right now, and he just got paid that giant contract. You think about what Poe. It wasn't a giant contract, but a lot. I'm thinking Matt Khalil. And what was funny is they asked Ron Rivera about Matt Khalil, if he was even a consideration. And basically he said no. So, Joey, it does take a a combination of that. And do you think – Well. How do you feel about the Panthers having to fill so many holes? Uh, I think it's one of those things in this day and age you can do it with as much money they have in the salary cap now.
6: Yeah, it's possible. Um, You know, this is where your scouting and your evaluation really matters. You have to – I think, Tony, earlier you mentioned – rookies coming in at playing positions where it's hard to make the transition from college to the pros. I think that is the area where you look to strengthen through free agency, Um, especially if you're trying to make a Super Bowl run. So that way you don't have that waiting period um, the adjustment period. Um, and, and, you know, we're talking about right tackle, but I saw someone proposed the idea, um, our right tackle will be, you know, who was the starting right tackle at, at the beginning of the year? He hurt his name.
3: Darryl Williams. Darryl Williams.
6: Uh, Williams will be the right tackle, and then Milton will move over to the left tackle. So yeah. that, that's what somebody is suggesting.
3: Well, uh, Joey, um, let me ask you this. Let me ask mm-hmm. you this, Joey. How much? How much did you pay Daryl Williams, coming off of uh, a year where you know he basically uh, was injured this entire year, other than a few plays against Dallas. And the previous year was the only year that you played. It was a very good year, but you only have one good year of film on Daryl Williams. So how much money would you pay someone like Daryl?
6: Well, I think you've got to protect yourself as a team. But at the same time, if you really think he can do the job, you have to give him something to where he's satisfied enough to not go somewhere else. So, this is again, we have to have a good general manager. But I think the best thing we could do for both parties would be to sign him for some good money, but only on a one year deal. Give him a play it or earn it contract. You know, you do well this year, we'll sign you long term. That kind of deal.
1: I'll- I also think that, it, that, you know, there is an opportunity. I mean, if you can't cut – you can't cut Matt Khalil till after June 1st and it save you any money. And then on right. top of that, the, the savings don't really kick in until the following year because it's yeah. after the calendar year or something like that. So it would help us two years from now. So, I mean, the question is, do you trot him out there, bring in a rookie to study behind him for the first four games and then – uh, put them back on trash detail. I just wonder if Matt Khalil will ever see a Panthers uniform again. It seems like he's fallen out of grace. It seems like Devin Funches has fallen out of grace with this team. And and there's some guys that really the Panthers are looking to turn the page. All right, let's keep going with these cat calls. We're going to push through this show and make a, a shortened one for us, which is still long for everybody else. Numbers number is 252 228
4: that's Jeremy Clance again. I forgot the main reason I called in. I wanted to speak to uh, all this trash stock on cam, like everybody else is saying they're sick of it. I am too. Uh, that yeah. shoulder has got to be hurting. I had the same surgery he did uh, last summer. My doc told me I had 9 to 12 months, and I'd be 100%. Well, I'm at month 15, and I still don't have full range of motion. I'm still sore. Still gets tired really easily. Mm. I can only imagine flipping a football around, getting smacked at it. Uh, it's gonna, he's, he's hard. He needs to heal. We need to give him time to heal. He needs to go get all the treatment you can. And then I think next year, get him a full camp, get him healthy, and he can be back to where he was pretty right easily. <laughs> wow. Yeah,
1: it's it's so crystal clear and it's nice to hear that from somebody who's dealt with a shoulder issue and cam said that for y'all who have dealt with shoulder issues you know and it's just time it seems like but when you're putting so much wear and tear on it like cam newton is and then getting smashed and blasted by guys in the process it is definitely uh something that has drugged on a lot and it looks like it's kind of had some peaks and valleys over the last two years the number is
5: 252-228-1598. Hey, guys. It's Philly John. Hope all is well. Listen, I hope you guys got a nap in because you were up late last night. You got another one tonight. So thanks for doing it, guys. <laughs> hey, good things. listen, I live in Philly, unfortunately. And uh, the only thing I had going for me was they sucked as bad as we sucked until last night. So uh, now we just got to hope they somehow fall off the cliff a little bit further, right? Hey, um, second thing, I'm surprised I hadn't seen Kelvin Benjamin retweeting or reposting his comments about getting an accurate quarterback. I oh, figured, God. you know, the way Jason Witten and those guys point. were talking about Cam, and I figured K.P. Trump on bandwagon, right?
1: Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. the greatest thing
5: ever. Where is Cameron Artis Payne? I thought we were taking a look at him. We're going to take a look? We're yeah. we not going to take a look. We're not going to take a look. Uh, that's we got funny. Three for daughter. Okay. And last <laughs> one, you guys got me thinking, this one's actually kind of serious. So you guys got me thinking about the okay. GM and coaching thing and maybe going for the one more year of Ron and, um, and Marty. And I, then you were also talking about how many people we need, how many people are leaving. We need, you know, we have holes to fill all over the place. I think that's why we got to go ahead and make the move now. You don't want to bring in a GM one year into the rebuild, right? You want the GM to come in and the coach to come in and put their mark on the organization, not have somebody yeah. start it with one year, and then you got to pick up where they left off. Just yeah. my thoughts. What do you think? That's accounting ex- guys.
1: Excellent point there, because I think you've seen some of that attrition work through when it comes to Herney and Gettleman's guys, is that it seems like he's – been a little bit easier to part ways uh, uh, with those fellas. And I think if you looked around the league, Cody, you probably see similar trends that, you know, you don't have that attachment. They are, you know, you might not believe in the same philosophy and those players just might not be the vision that you saw, which just makes the pressure on them and the need to succeed that much more intense uh, for a difficult position as a rookie as it is.
3: Yeah, and you know, I know when you were talking to uh, Dan Hartman, he sort of uh, brought up the passing idea that you know uh, there are kind of inopportune times to, to do things, um, specifically right uh, you know at the end of a season, and they're getting ready to go into free agency and the draft, and there's so much to do. But I mean, I'm I'm kind of of the mindset um, that you just have to pull the Band-Aid. I mean, if we're gonna do this. There's, going to be a, there's always a bunch of other teams that have fire coaches and fire general managers, and every year the, the coaching carousel turns anew. And when it comes to coaching and GM, I don't want to be um, last in line to get the talented people. Uh, I, I say you pull that Band-Aid now. It might uh, put them a little bit behind, but, you know, maybe you, you fire – Marty Herning at this point in time, keep some of the same scouts that you have on staff. So that way they at least have the notes from um, all the observations they've been making throughout the season on college players and players and um, on other teams. And so that way the, the new general manager is coming into a foundation where, you know, it's still a relatively, um, you know, smoothly running machine but I, I kind of agree. I, I think that it's time to pull the Band-Aid off now. Is it going to hurt? Yeah. Is it an opportunity? Yeah. But I, I just think that we need to find the guy and solidify him that, you know, you're the general manager, we'll pick the head coach, and then those two will be tied at the hip for the next however long here in Carolina.
1: Keeping the scouts, Joey, at least for the rest of the calendar year, could make that uh, manageable for a GM where he just needs to try to get a feel for them and assess their notes. And, and and really, you know, as a scout, isn't implementing a team strategy. They're just out there grinding the games and the film, telling you what they see. And ultimately, it probably does come down to, to the general manager. and and his little war room to make those decisions about how to interpret that information. So that is one thing you could do, Joey, is go ahead and and bring in a GM like next week. Fire Ron Rivera uh, at the end of the season. Go ahead and court your coach real quick and then go after it and try to start this thing real quick.
6: I don't know. That doesn't seem... I can't see David Tepper being that type of guy. I think he's a little more methodic, methodical than, than just want to do something all oh, rash and in a hurry. Um, I believe he's got a plan now. Um, I, I think he's just waiting for the year to end, but I, I just can't see him doing anything quickly. Well, I mean, but at some point, yeah, I mean,
1: like you are limited to the time that is allowed. And, I mean, and you're right is that this is a difficult thing is how to pull the trigger, when to pull the trigger. Um, Mm -hmm. And then does the guy that you go and hire have the connections throughout the NFL world and the collegiate world to then pull off the next moves, which is get the head coach. Then that coach, does he have the connections to put together a strong staff? And generally, that's what a lot of this comes down to is that when you look at a general manager's role or head coach's role, and this goes down to the head coach at the collegiate level, what's most important is how they put together a staff, it seems like. And that seems like they can maximize so much of what they get out of a team. And and you see this in, in, the, in the college arena is that you see coaches that really get some great assistant coaches and they're able to ride that wave. The question is can you do all of that at once so quickly but you're right I mean at some point it's always going to be like that like Cody said you just got to rip the bandaid off maybe I don't know I'm kind of at the at the point where uh, I am slightly scared of change because you know we've had significant, you know we've been relevant under Ron Rivera and Cam Newton but at the same time you you also don't want to be paralyzed by that fear of change Let's keep going through with these cat calls. Next call.
0: Hi, what's up? What's up, C3? It's Carl D. What's up, Tony? Tony and Joey. What is going on? Yes, it's called D. I am back again today. Welcome, sir. Second day in a row we're calling. Uh, first off, I'd like to start out, I'd like to give an apology to my man, Josh, from math. Josh, I did not know. That, that was you was the Josh that was the guest. I didn't hear <laughs> I could not um, I didn't have a sound on when um you was introduced. Uh so I was bored, when you were talking about Harbaugh boy I was
1: He was fired was up. Like,
0: Who is this? Who is this guy? man? But my bad Josh my <laughs> apologies. I ain't know that with my buddy Josh from mass, that was the guest. I went there. yell yeah, that you like that, Josh. Anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> but I still don't agree with you though. <laughs> I still don't agree with you. About, um, not being a good <clears throat> college coach is that is a good pro coach. And, you know, I still disagree with you about that, you know. But anyway, um, Tony. I listened to the Cam interview today, and you know if Ron don't sit this guy, then Ron is all but asking himself to be fired and not to come back next year. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. Yeah. If the man is hurting, he even admitting that he's hurting, but he, he still want to play. You got to protect him from himself cam is the franchise of this team let's 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 not get it twisted cam is thank you carl d the, the thank backbone, you the heart and soul of this carolina of the carolina panthers and if he's not healthy we don't win period for play in the discussion and cody nah. I'm not going to argue with you tonight, Cody. It's <laughs> 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 a, little, a little disagreements about the offensive line of and Cam and, oh, and Cam man. messed up and he played with the offensive of line. Not tonight. <laughs> uh-huh. but, uh, right. <laughs> That's, That's what
4: amazing. he was about to say. <laughs> not
0: yeah. tonight. But, it, but I do have to give you this, Cody. If you think about the offensive of line, I think the only thing we really need on the offensive of line is the left tackle. Now, I was a Moten fan last year when everybody – okay, that's – all right, guys, I'm back. You um, got cut off. Yeah, got, I was a big Moten fan when we drafted him last year because I watched them in college and stuff. Um, and a lot of fans was like, oh, that's a in pick, blah, blah, blah. He must not be doing that because of this – Because if he can't beat out Darryl Williams, well, and I tried to explain to people, you know, last season, a lot of fans, I said, look, no one in their right mind seen Darryl Williams' Pro Bowl type of season coming from Darryl Williams last year. That was, I mean, that was like the equivalent of uh, when the Chargers drafted Phillip Rivers at number one because they didn't think Drew Breeze was their guy and Breeze had that phenomenal season during um Phillip Rivers rookie year that no one saw coming. So I mean, you know, I was trying to tell people Moton go be the man and look what he's done. But um Moten yeah. is best he did, Even though he did good at first game at Dallas, I think Molten is the future for our, as a right tackle for us. He's better served as right tackle because that's, that's the position he mastered in college, and he looks like he's mastered it so far in the NFL. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's Moulton right tackle. We do need a left tackle. We had a chance to get it last year, but, of course, Ernie decided to go wide receiver. Um I say if we are gonna get an offensive of line, we're gonna draft the offensive lineman, let's go left tackle. Uh we had a chance to get our featured center last year and missed the price. We could have got him in the second round because of that injury scared teams off and yeah, just think of giving price a rest in behind Khalil just how good our he will be as the new anchor for our team. you me, Marty. But anyway, I, <laughs> um, I'm going to get off of here. Let you guys talk. Um, I'm going to be in the conversation in the chat room as usual. And, um, and until then, keep pounding guys. All right, Carl D. I think, uh, you know
1: that was a name that you mentioned a lot last year, Cody. Is is how, and we talked about this. Is that with that injury scare, we had an opportunity with Khalil uh, to shelter him and protect him and bring him in slowly, and also have a player that could step in in the in in the case that the uh, Ryan Khalil was injured this year. Um nicely, Ryan Khalil has not been injured. I think he may have missed like one game or snap or a couple snaps earlier in the season, but he's been in there. But boy, we really didn't make an effort in the last draft at all to address that offensive and defensive line problem.
3: No, and it baffled me at the time. Uh, I, I didn't, um, you know, I thought that you would at least try and um, spend, you know, at least a third or fourth round pick to try and bring someone in to kind of bolster that offensive line up and uh, they just, they didn't do it, they did bring in a lot of undrafted free agent guards and centers and things of that nature um, and none of them, uh, to my nature, uh, have have really panned out, but um, you know, Carl D and I for once were kind of on the same page I would love to draft a new left tackle. Um, It's not the sexiest position to draft, but I'm not even mad if it's a first round left tackle. I mean, especially, you know, we're talking about Cam Newton and these injuries that, you know, now it it should be more apparent than ever to everyone, that if we're not protecting our quarterback, then we're failing as a franchise. I mean, it's time to put premium players around Cam Newton, give him time in the pocket, and that also makes life easier for the young wide receivers that we have on the team, for D.J. Moore and Curtis Samuel, and if we add another one in the draft. So, um, I agree with that. Maybe look to add another guard uh, in the third or fourth round sometime. But yeah, other than that, I think we're, we're pretty set. We just um, I would like to upgrade uh, a few of the positions and maybe even the right tackle, since we don't know yet. Uh, if we're gonna resign Daryl Williams,
1: all right. Let's do the last topic of. Uh, oh, somebody said uh, that t- Tyler Larson was young. He's twenty seven already, so he he's like at the time where he's supposed to be hitting that prime as a player. But and the reason I bring his name up is just because someone said in the chat room, um, Joey, you brought this up. Uh, earlier that these last two games should be an evaluation tool for this staff going forward with the people that they've got an opportunity to get game experience for some of these players who are some of the people that you have in mind when you think about that and some of the positions because we saw uh, Chris Clark sat and they put in Newhouse, I believe his name was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And, I mean, hey, is that I I don't like you doing that when Cam's the quarterback. It would have been a lot better to try out these guys when uh, when Taylor Heineke's back there. But who are some of the positions and players you would like to see the Panthers really try to evaluate in this moment? And does the staff even care about it? Or is it just more Cameron Artis-Payne fodder?
6: Yeah, um, that probably being one of the main ones, Cameron Artis-Payne. My God, the poor guy, he gets promised everything and gets no delivery from the coaches. I remember one week they said, well, we're going to take a real good look at him. And he played one play the whole game. Came in, I think it was the first play. Was in on the first play and never saw him again. Um, but yeah, um, Larson is one. Um, you got Brian Cox Jr. Um, and and uh, Haynes the runbacker from North Carolina? Was that his last name, Haynes? Yeah. Uh, uh, Haynes
3: Mar- is, uh, I think Marcus Haynes is the defensive end out of old Miss. Uh, I think Andre Smith uh, is a guy out of UNC. Was a linebacker, and then we also drafted another linebacker out of Maryland, whose name escapes me at the moment.
6: Yeah, but these guys, let them get in, let them play, see what they picked up. You know, because that's a lot of 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 this is how much of the playbook do you really know? You know what I'm saying? Can um, you get to value with like that? And then I want to see Golden. That's Mr. what Long I was thinking. Is yeah.
1: yeah. Is, is, that, is worth was he worth the pick, or is, is right. he and, and really you have to give him some opportunities to I think this is that you might as well sit Captain Munderland and put Corn Elder out there and see if exactly. he should be on the team as either a, a role player, I actually uh, – the only reason I advocate for starting Cameron Artis Payne and trying to see what he's got is not to see what he's got, but just to get damn Christian McCaffrey off the field because clearly <laughs> the staff doesn't care what Cameron Artis Payne has. Yeah. But other guys I'm thinking is Obata. And if I hear Brian Cox mm-hmm. Jr.'s name one more time, or we got to find out what we got with Wes Horton, how do you guys not know on those dudes yet? We're talking Rashawn Golden, you know, the Hayes, the some of these linebackers that, you, that you're that you trying to see, can you get by with? And because I think David Mayo is probably on the way out at this point. I mean, he's got to be hitting hit, hit the end of his rookie contract. He might be able to be re-signed just because he hasn't done anything. Um, Cody, this has to be both sheltering players that we're interested in and, and keeping, but also getting guys meaningful reps out there and putting them in positions where they can learn. And I don't think Mike Adams needs to learn anything else. I don't think that uh, Julius Peppers needs to learn anything else at this point.
3: Well, you know what, Tony? I'm actually I'm glad that you mentioned this. And uh, that all makes perfect sense, all the sense in the world. Um, But I'm going to tell you why uh, you don't do that and why specifically you're not going to do that this Sunday because this Sunday has the potential and will be the last game in Bank of America Stadium that Ryan Khalil, Thomas Davis, Julius Peppers, that all of these stalwart Panther players that have given their body, their heart and soul for this team, this will be the last game that they're going to play in Bank of America Stadium as a Carolina Panther. And while I do agree, yeah, you bring in some of the young guys, and I do want to see them play, and we do need to see um, how some of these guys are going to fill out our team or do we need to spend more draft picks in those positions? Um, You know, I I have to assume that this game, especially against the Falcons, um, is going to mean a lot for a few different players on the team. And I think uh, uh, we owe them at least enough to let them have their their final day running around Bank of America uh, in that Carolina Panthers uniform. So... um, yeah, I, it, it should be a, maybe even a sentimental day for a few of the greats of, of Panther football. Yeah, I do think that
0: is, yeah it
1: is. Yeah. You know, but then there's a way you can do that is that, hey, do we really care about Mario Addison at this point? I mean, it's not going to be his last game, right? So maybe you can right. honor those guys and start phasing out some other people Uh, not phasing them out, but really uh, limiting their game reps. But giving a guy one chance like Cornelder, him getting burnt, and then him never touching the field again is uh, is kind of an injustice at this point when you know it's all going bad. And maybe they really thought that they had enough to make a playoff push. If they did, I just felt like we were watching two different teams. And, you know, Cam, Ron Rivera was asked about – he said, did you – they said you did see cam newton on offense right and him having struggles right <laughs> like did he was almost prompted to say like what why are you missing this right so yeah. this is a good opportunity um all right look we're done with the cat calls for the night i think we should we were up late last night we're going to uh, we're going to have to circle back after the falcons game and see where we're at so i say we go ahead and close this sucker out get our ice up picks and uh, kind of get our heads right and figure out now, kind of wait. I think right now it's a waiting game to see if Ron Rivera, uh, if Cam Newton is going to be playing on Sunday. So, uh, Cody, I'm going to let you start with the ice-up picks. Who you got for us this evening?
3: Um, so my ice-up pick for the evening is something uh, – it, it kind of made national news. So you probably already have heard about this or maybe even seen it, but I do want to add um, another kind of spin and twist on this. Listen, guys, to everyone listening via audio form and in the YouTube chat on Facebook, Periscope, however you're watching the show, when you come to listen to the C3 Carolina Cat Chronicles podcast, you are listening to guys that watch this team. We know the players. We know the insides and outs of Panther football. And that's why more and more people are starting to watch shows like this and listen to shows like this instead of listening to the old, tired personalities on ESPN. And today, my ice pick is going to Stephen A. Smith because on first take, he was talking about the, the matchup between the Chargers and and the Kansas City Chiefs. And not only did he say he was excited to see what two players would do who have not played all season because they've been on IR. But I want you to look at Teddy Bruce's face right in the middle, uh, as as Stephen A. Smith is saying this, and uh and just look at how dumbfounded he is on how Stephen A. Smith could be so wrong, so bad, two times in a row.
7: Look I'm sorry Max, I'm sorry. He said, he is out. But I'm
3: Hill. I'm, I'm, also I'm at the San Diego on offense, and I'm about at his Face
2: and the way
5: that
3: he's played what the hell did this dude say I'm Yeah man listen you have to understand when you're watching these shows, these guys don't watch every team that they're talking about. They have to talk they about can't. so much crap. Yeah, it's impossible. They Most of the times they have no idea what they're talking about. That's why when you want to know something about your team, about the Carolina Panthers, you come to the C3 Carolina Cat Chronicles podcast because we know what's going on. Not Stephen A. Smith or Cow Turd or any of these other idiots spouting nonsense. So to Stephen A. Smith, ice up, son.
1: <laughs> yeah, ice up. And it's so true. It's a, You just see it all over the place. In fact, uh, there was a call. Remember that guy that asked us to track down the Stephen A. Smith clip? For and, yeah. and we played, we played it because he gave a super chat. So I was like, I figure you got to hit somebody up. They give a super chat. I'll find the clip, And it was yeah. like, this has been Cam Newton's probably. You're like, dude, our defense gives us 30 points. Like, you're not watching this. And, you know, it's a narrative. Look, a lot of these guys, uh, and you have to form ideas and then support them your way. You find evidence that helps you. But that's embarrassing. Just like my ice up pick goes – Actually, my ice up pick is not going to be Booger McFarlane, even though he just drove the living drove me crazy. My ice up pick is Ron Rivera. My ice up pick is Ron Rivera. Sit Cam Newton. Sit Cam Newton. Put the ice pack on Cam Newton. But the runner up is Booger McFarlane talking about mechanics. (laughs) And the guy can't even push the ball eight feet down the field. And you're like, it's because his bad footwork. No, it's because his arm is about to fall off, Booger. So get on your little whatever rascal and get out of here. Um, that is the whole Monday night crew is going to get fired this year. I think they're going to replace.
3: Terrible, Jason uh, Witten. Jason Witten is so bad. Every every Tuesday morning, I wake up and is trending on Twitter for some new dumb clip he posted.
1: All right, ice up, uh, Ron Rivera, and, to, and give uh, while you're doing that. Give Cam Newton an ice pack on IR. Please, this season is done. It's time to look in development, like Joe said. All right, Joe, you're up. The last, Your ice-up pick of the week, please.
6: Ice-up pick of the week this week goes to one-time Cam Newton's homeboy, Cam Newton's right-hand man, Cam Newton's ride-or-die. I said this week goes to Devin Francis. You mm. sorry sack of stuff. I cannot <laughs> believe the piss-poor effort that I've seen out of you the last two weeks. There is no way in the world you deserve to call yourself an NFL player. Your piss-poor effort combined with your lackadaisical attitude has really um, made me lose all respect for you as a player. Um, I don't know if your feelings are hurt or if you're feeling sorry for yourself, but whatever it is, got to get over it because next year, you are out of it here in Carolina, and I will be too happy. And
1: then you go, so I uh fun, fun, you know that racam calls him fun fun still, even though he's publicly said he doesn't like it, and as Lynn points out, uh devin, no like your comment because he speaks in third person as well, and this guy uh is soft as tissue paper, he's a salad boy, the salad man, all right. <laughs> Guys, uh, This is the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We've been rocking and rolling, like Cody said, covering this team closely each and every week for the last six years. The C3 Panthers podcast hasn't missed a Tuesday uh, in that entire time. Now, next week we are going to have to adjust the show probably to Wednesday if I can get everybody uh, to agree or if if that's going to be available. We'll talk off the air about that because Christmas, I believe, is Tuesday, So uh, I think we can afford that. I think the fans will be okay with that. We want you to go ahead and turn your phone to portrait mode, smash that thumbs up button and uh, like, subscribe, share, uh, drop the link to the podcast or uh, to the YouTube video in a Facebook group, somewhere that you chat about the Panthers because we want to grow this conversation. And sometimes that's difficult to do as we hit these troubled waters, but we're going to do it together and get through this. Also, if you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, tune in radio or the or the audio podcast, be sure to update your feed to the megaphone feed to make sure that you have the most seamless, um, you know, interaction with the podcast or access to the podcast. I'm still going to be dual loading it and pushing things out for a while, but I'd like for people to just update that RSS feed. If you, Do it outside of iTunes if you're like me and use podcast addict. All right, Cody Lashney, where can they find you and talk football? And I guess start talking the draft a little bit more.
3: Absolutely, man. Listen, I know there's a lot of draft nerds out there. Um, So, hey, if you want to talk about players, you want to talk about what positions you think we need to bolster, you can always hit me up. You can talk about anything you want, man. I say it every week, at Cody Lashney, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C on Twitter, I just recently uh, became the new Panthers analyst at drafttech.com. So every other Tuesday, there's going to be a brand new draft coming out. Um, as Tony said, this Tuesday is Christmas, so it'll probably be moved back just a little bit, but um, keep on the lookout. I'll post it on my Twitter. Uh, tell me what you think of the players that are being drafted. Am I doing a good job, bad job? You let me know. But like I said, man, you can talk to me about whatever. I try and respond to everyone. That's it for me, man.
1: You're going to have to integrate a little segment every other week where we just highlight what what happened in that mock draft and any patterns or changes uh, that you just see early movement and things like that. All right, Joey, where can they find you until uh, the next show?
6: If you want to talk football or baseball or function football, you guys can find me on Twitter at Joe.
1: all right guys that's the c3 panthers podcast we'll see you sunday after the game and uh, then we'll check you out after christmas so you guys have a happy holidays merry christmas to you two guys i'm going to talk to you plenty in between that but i want to take this moment to thank everybody listening and to please wish you a safe merry and a merry christmas and i hope you get to spend some time with your family because that's what i plan on doing all right That's been a good show, even though it's bad news. We're going to get through this. We'll see you guys later. Keep pounding. Keep pounding.
3: Subscribe to the C3
1: Carolina Panthers podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or anywhere you can catch an RSS feed. Check out carolinacatchronicles.com for the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective.
0: Great catch, homie.